I want to talk about sex. And I don't just want to talk about sex. I want to talk about good sex. So listen up. If you guys head over to bluechew.com, blue like the color blue, you'll find that they have the first chewable tablets with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they already work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Who wouldn't want to benefit from the extra boost of confidence? Who? Okay, Blue Chew is fast and it's an easy way to enhance your performance, okay? Blue Chew is prescribed online and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no doctor's visits, there's no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, there's no awkwardness. There's no embarrassment here, okay? They're made in the U.S., they ship in the U.S., and they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, though, we have this special deal for our U.S. listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. And when you use our special promo code, WOW, just pay $5 in shipping. Again, it's BlueChew.com. The one thing that I believe would work everywhere is fighting. Because it doesn't matter what color you are, what country you come from, or what language you speak. We're all human beings and fighting's in our DNA, man. We get it and we like it. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Joining me as ever, it's Gina. Yeah, that's right. That's me. I like that. Hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm uh, back and I'm black. <laughs> I'm that sure. break, that break, I have to say, the sun was relentless. I spent um, a week in uh, in France, basically uh, the Côte d'Azur, which um, we also took in, um, it was myself and my family, we also took in uh, Saint-Tropez as well. Um, no. But it was nice to actually get away. It was nice to recharge the batteries and it was nice to experience a bit of culture, a bit of food and a bit of booze or um, drink as you, um, America would say. Oh, absolutely. You had some booze. Absolutely. You're in France in the sun. I'm sure you had a couple glasses of some wine. And I'm sure you're pretty tan, and I am extremely jealous. I can't wait to go to France. <laughs> I have to say, if you do get a chance, I know you, you do like to vacation in Europe. Seriously, check out um, the Côte d'Azur. It, it was, put it this way, I never thought I was the type of guy to be, you know, all up in architecture and admiring medieval um, features of buildings. But no, seriously, it was really, really nice. Yeah, we, we, we had a car, so you definitely need transport when you're out there. Um, I have to say, um, all of this was kind of organised by my missus. So, you know, big shout out to her. Um, she basically uh, put up with a lot of rubbish while she was out there. <laughs> my driving, my snoring. I mean, you, you name Aww. it. That's so sweet, but, but I'm um, sure you guys had a great time. So so if you are going over there, you definitely need transport. Oh, yeah. But um, which neatly segues into what's going to be driving this episode. See what I did there? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but you know what? Just before we, we, we get into um, this week's episode, I, I've got a little bit of a dilemma for you. Well, it, it, I suppose it's past now, but I just wondered what you would do. I came back 
And, um, well, it was two things. One, we've got a new prime minister now. And um, I, just, I just wanted to ask, a lot of people are saying in the UK that we're the laughing stocks of the world now because we've got Boris Johnson, who a lot of people see as a buffoon running the country. I mean, what is the perception in the States of Boris Johnson actually taking over the premiership? Oh, let's see. Well, from what I'm hearing about Twitter, the people kind of had a lot of jokes about uh, Boris <laughs> taking the reins. Isn't what wasn't he involved in some sort of controversy of of some like just to kind of <laughs> recap here? Well, like, let, th- th- there's isn't he a ongoing. Mess? Yeah, that, well, put it this way. <laughs> put it this way. There's ongoing controversy because um, in the run up to the leadership contest, I mean, I think. Um, It was always going to be a one-person race because um, from the get-go, he'd been endorsed. He'd been um, co-signed by, um, I would say, the majority of ministers who went on to back him. But um, he had some kind of like altercation with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Now, the police were called and the media did a really good job of actually stifling that. But in the run-up, all of these stories, which you know, are pretty common knowledge or were um, uh, quite prominently placed in the news uh, over the last few years. Again, people were trying to stifle them, but, you know, he's had a reputation in the past of, um, how can I put it, Uh, inappropriate uh, words, terminology, which relate to black people and uh, ethnic minorities. I mean, you know, he, he, he's, he, he's on record of saying, um, you know, um, black people have um, less intelligence. He's also been on record of saying, you know, um, black people and their, 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 their watermelon smiles and that uh, um, Muslim women, they look very similar to um, someone peering through a letterbox. So, you know, he's not had um, the best relations with black and uh, minority oh, ethnic he um, sounds supporters. Sounds familiar. Sounds like something yeah, going well, on in the States. <laughs> you, well, you see, you see, that's why I was really keen to get your take on it, because the way that I look at it is um, I would have thought that he is not as bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not by no means shape right, or right. form a Boris uh, endorser, um, but I would prefer Boris over Trump any day of the week. But I just wondered what you guys thought of um, him and uh, if it was like, a perception that we are like laughing stocks now. Well, I wouldn't say laughing stocks because, you know, at times we are the laughing stock with um, Trump as our president. But of course, as you know, in true American fashion, I did see some like tweets about him and how he was um, unfit for, you know, leadership and whatnot. And I don't know, I think some people are just happy to have somebody else that's just like a sloppy leader or maybe as controversial. And then there's some people that support some of the things that he says. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, there is times are divided right now. In, in the U.S. So there are some people that actually do feel like, you know, they can relate to what Boris is saying. And then there are people that also s- support Trump, who I don't believe has said things as controversial, but he's always in the media for either saying things that are racist or inappropriate or tweeting new policy without, you know, letting his government know about the new policy. You know, he'll tweet about it first. So there's always some type of talk about Trump. So it's just a sign of the times, if you ask me. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. It's just you see these types of leaders popping up a lot. You've got Bolsonaro in Brazil. You've got Trump. 
you, you know, you, you're getting a lot of right wing, almost radical type of presidents and leadership now. So it's really not that big of a controversy. So that's the first thing I wanted your take on. The second thing was, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I should just be minding my own business. But um, one of the first things I did when, because um, it's been pretty hot here. And um, one of the first things I did uh, when I got back, I was stocking up on water. So I went into the local supermarket. And um, as soon as I stepped through the door, um, I, you know, I, I thought I'd just have a look down at the drink aisle. And there was a guy down there. Um, and it, it was almost as though he didn't care whether I saw or not. But he put um, a bottle of whiskey straight down his pants. And I thought... That is a really unique way of actually carrying a bottle if you haven't got a basket or if you haven't got a trolley. Right. But the nosy person in me, because I am the, the <laughs> nosiest person you'll ever come across, I thought, let me see what this guy is doing. So after he did that, he kept on walking out of the shop. Now, there's two things here. In our supermarkets over here, we have like detectors that will actually pick up um, items which have been tagged and uh, usually there's an alarm that goes off mm-hmm. and um, also we've got cameras and we've got security one he wasn't accosted by security two the tag didn't actually go off but three um, well he basically just walked out scot-free and I thought to myself should I have said something? Should I have alerted one of the um, staff? Should I have alerted security? Or should I just kept on minding my damn business as right. I did Let the and man went back to my drink, shopping? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny because, Michael, I thought you were about to tell me that, like, this guy, like, opened the, the whiskey and then spit in it. Or like the you know like this challenge going on in the states. Nah. I don't. I was petrified. I was over here like, oh my god, did he piss in it and put it back on the shelf, or did he <laughs> like? No, these are the things going on. This ice cream challenge. Yeah, Another young lady I just was reading online. She peed on potatoes in the grocery store. They just arrested what? her. Yes, sir. Her name is Grace. Google it. She pissed on potatoes in a grocery store. They did a warrant for her arrest. They're taking her to jail where she needs to be. So while you're telling the story, I'm like, oh, my God, did he piss in the whiskey? Did he Did oh, he wow. spit in the whiskey? It's some weird challenge that's going on with these uh, this, the, these sicko kids. But, yeah, mm. be, I don't know if that's going on in the U.K., but we're having no, some no, random incidents No, they're just, yeah. they're just stealing bottles. They're just stealing bottles oh. straight up of whiskey. Good old-fashioned shoplifting. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you didn't. Um, you know what? For whiskey, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? You don't you don't work there. You know what I mean? And it, it could have been dangerous for you to stop somebody, you know, or to alert security. Let them do their jobs and then let the man have a drink. It's not like he stole, you know, like some famous or priceless art. You know, don't worry about it. You know, you did the right thing. Just mind your but business. But you see, you see the, the, the actual follow-on question to that though Mm -hmm. you see that's the society that we've i feel become now we're just a little bit sedentary we're a little bit not not sedentary we're pedestrians we just watch crime unfolding and don't do anything and i have to say in a a moment of self-reflection afterwards i thought no you see that is what's wrong with the world right now Mm. we're just too complacent and we're letting crime unfold in front of our eyes instead of rolling up our sleeves and getting involved but here let me um, 
devil's advocate or somewhat contradict you. You mm. come first. You know, you are a father. Some, you know, you've got wifey at home. You have to make sure that you come first. So if you intervene on something as minute as a misdemeanor, which is just shoplifting, mm. You could mm. be really hurt by that. Now, I'm not saying if the guy came in there and, and had a gun and he was holding it to somebody's head and he didn't see you. Yes, shoot off a text message. Call the police. That is when, you know, you have to kind of just weigh it out and see what's more important. A misdemeanor, let it slide. The guy actually might need a drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Domestic violence, don't get involved. But Call the police. Tell them this guy just slapped this woman. It's on video. I'm leaving. Just call the police. That's all sometimes you need to do because it's a crazy world out here, Michael, and I don't want you getting yeah. lumped up over a bottle of whiskey. You got kids. <laughs> you got you know, pick and choose, you know, what you want to do when you want to help people. But there's nothing wrong with being a good Samaritan. Nothing. Yeah. No, I hear that. But yeah, like I said, I was just interested in what your take was and um I'm, i guess people are more interested in our takes so getting back to the matter at hand let's take a quick look back and uh, i'm going to get my napkin i'm going to get my knife and my fork because we're taking a quick look back at fight night 155 and uh in particular the main event where uh, rda took on leon edwards and i think we all know how that actually panned out but um <clears throat> More importantly, we're going to be looking at last weekend's action at UFC 240. And I think uh, we both agree that, you know, really and truly, it's the main and co-main event that we really do need to focus on. And finally, um, in terms of looking at events, we'll be also having a look at ESPN on, sorry, UFC on ESPN 5, which is headlined by Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler. And as well as that, we have a clash coming up. Now, this bout hasn't been agreed. It hasn't been signed. It hasn't even been um, put on the promotion's radar, but it has now. Basically, two of the UK's um, lightweight standouts, uh, namely Kane Musa and Terry Brazier, have gone at each other on Twitter. And in my, um, well, troublemaking and uh, always making trouble <laughs> fashion, I um, basically reached out to both fighters who have decided to actually air their differences. Not that there were any deep differences, but air their differences via the WOCast. But before I forget, we have a brand new sponsor on board, Prospect Apparel. Now, Prospect Apparel was established in 2018. They're based in the United Kingdom and they had this vision of becoming a gym, fitness, street apparel and accessories brand with a difference. The word prospect, as you and I know, is defined as a person regarded as likely to succeed. Prospect Apparel is created on a dream of becoming a prospect in your sport, hobby or passion and providing you with the apparel and accessories needed to assist you within your progression. Now, this organisation, Prospect Apparel, they're brand new sponsors of the WOCAST and was actually created by childhood friends Nathaniel the Prospect Wood the professional UFC fighter, as you and I know and love. I've actually followed Nathaniel, his progress from amateur 
uh, up until the time when he actually joined the UFC. So I'm pretty well versed in um, basically his progress. But also, it's also headed up by Andrew Mays, who is equally into fitness. Now, the team prospect actually, uh, or the term prospect actually came from Nathaniel becoming the well-known prospect within the UFC bantamweight division with a realisation that prospects exist across all sports, hobby and passion. So all of you, I need you to head over to theprospectapparel.com. You will, on checkout, if you use the word woe20, get 20% off your purchase, which is more than you would as a normal person, actually, or as as an individual visiting uh, theprospectapparel.com. So that code again. On checkout, type in woe20 for 20% off at Prospect Apparel. Now, I just want to go back a step and um, basically hand it over to you. I'm just going to put on my bib. I'm going to put on my, uh, I'm I'm, I'm grabbing a knife. I'm grabbing a fork. (laughs) And uh, this bird uh, is not going to eat itself. So it's, I guess, time for me to eat some crow. G. (laughs) And crow you shall eat. Let's discuss. So RDA and uh, Leon Edwards had that five round battle. And I believe I said that Leon <laughs> Edwards. <laughs> You're loving this. Oh, every You're second. This. Every second. <clears throat> so back to what I was saying. Leon Edwards won this five round battle. And I believe that I predicted this because there was just something about Leon that remember I was like, oh, he's like the dark horse. He's like this and that. Basically, Leon is just a really good fighter. Okay, he's mm, well mm. rounded. And when somebody has a seven fight win streak in a very competitive division, such as the welterweight division, and in the UFC, you have to kind of pay attention. You gotta, you know, you gotta know what's going on here. And even though he's not like this guy that is, you know, brash and and cringy and getting our attention, he's good. And he's this fight also proved that he's well-rounded, you know, and it was a, such a high level fight. I think some fans were dismayed that it wasn't very exciting. I liked it because it was just so high level. RDA is up there. He's elite. And so is Leon. And Leon handled him. Unanimous decision across um, across the board. What did you think of the fight? But you see, that's what threw me. I mean, in terms of mm. my opinion, I thought that RDA was going to make short work of Leon Edwards because I didn't see Leon going into this as strategically in terms of um, his game plan and actually being able to execute that. Now, we saw all manner of tools coming from Leon, particularly those elbows, hellish elbows. They were absolutely incredible. But I just kept referring to the fact that RDA is an ex-champ and... For me, I just thought that the caliber uh, would be levels above Leon Edwards, but Leon Edwards just made him look so ordinary. And I feel as though I I did Leon a disservice. One, he's a Jamaican. Two, he's a Brit. (laughs) So I don't think I will be ever betting against Leon Edwards um, because... Really and truly, I should have backed him just on those two principles alone. But not only that, um, his winning streak kind of like yeah. um, is testimony to the yeah, fact that you know, he's in this to actually 
get that title shot. But, you know, Michael, I don't fault you for picking RDA. Do you know what I mean? Like, he mm. lo- he's lost to Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, Tony Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez. He's losing to people that are elite and high level. So this, of course, this yeah. is someone that you're going to think is going to take out Leon Edwards. And then I couldn't even really describe to you or even break down why I thought Leon was going to win because he's just he's just that good. Like he's just well-rounded. He's not flashy, but he's tactical and he's strategic. And those his counter elbows are so scary, and the timing is superb. And he's his range is perfect too. Like he stays just in just in range so that he can hit you with a counter. But he's not in the same spot. You can't hit him with a bunch of combos. You know his movement is slick, and then he takes you to the ground, and now he's controlling you. It was amazing to watch that. Just well rounded and strategic. I'm I'm going to be looking out for Leon, and I think it's only fair that Leon either fight for the title or he fights Masvidal, and the winner of, of Masvidal versus Leon Edwards gets a title shot. That's what I think should be done. I just want to see that fight between him and Masvidal. <laughs> right. I'm not really too... I, the, the whole title thing does not interest me in the slightest. I just want to see those two actually fight. I mean, imagine what the VT would look like. Imagine what the build-up would be like. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily see that Leon Edwards um, will be engaged in a particularly um, uh, enthralling uh, battle of word because he's a bit on the quiet side. He is. Um, and I think that's probably partly the reason why, you know, he's not really endeared himself to a UK audience. And I, I feel as though he still has some way to go to actually get, well, a UK audience on side. So it's just the mere fact that we get to see closure to what I feel Masvidal started uh, at the backstage, um, well, during the backstage interviews. Uh, oh, the, with Leon Edwards. That would be that going the so value far as to meal. Cut... <laughs> the value well. meal you speak of. <laughs> that would be the three piece and the soda, the value meal. Yes. And the soda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Masvidal forgot the biscuit, but I'm sure he's ready to get down and fight Leon again. But, I, excuse me, I'm sure Leon wants to fight Masvidal. Mm. But as I've been reading and on Twitter and, and doing a little research, Masvidal's not too pressed for that fight. Even though he started some shit backstage, he's like, I just want to fight for the title. Like he, you know, and a lot of fans frown upon that. They're kind of like, oh, you're this bad boy that's like whoever talks shit about me gets, you know, gets smoked and gets the three-piece or whatever. But as soon as Leon's like, let's take this in the cage after you snuff me, you're kind of like, oh, no, I want to fight for the title. So I don't know. Maybe Dana will fatten up Masvidal's pockets and actually make that fight. And I've been reading that Dana is interested in that fight. So you might get what you want, Michael. It, it just makes sense. It makes so much sense because it doesn't make sense for Conor McGregor to fight Masvidal. And just on the whole um, two-piece and a soda and a biscuit, I saw <laughs> a picture that you put up on Twitter the other day of your, it was two-piece and, and, and a biscuit. Did you see Biscuits that? Biscuits are disgusting. You... Biscuit? No. What? The cornbread? Oh. Don't, yeah. oh. don't disrespect oh. America. Don't disrespect oh, Black America. Oh, come on now. <laughs> don't disrespect Black now. America. That cornbread? What? I've never had a cornbread that didn't taste like sandpaper. What? Or didn't taste like cement. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's one of the most tasteless things. And then to put, I mean, the, the, uh, you guys put gravy on it as well, right? Yeah, we can't. You should see my face right now. My God. Oh, man. 
Biscuits. It was delicious. It was very expensive, but it was delicious. And how dare you disrespect the ancestors like this, Michael? I can't (laughs) believe you. (laughs) Leave my cornbread alone. You know, I'm going to send you some, okay? I'm going to change your mind about this. Mm. Mm. I'll I'll pass. Mm -mm. Well, there'll be plenty for me then. I can't believe you. Just as long as you're sending soda with it. Right. I'll send you soda. You can have a sugar bomb. That's fine. But I'll, I'll eat the cornbread. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, well, if you're done um, with the recap and rubbing my face and the fact that I didn't back my fellow Brit, I didn't back my fellow Jamaican, we'll neatly segue into UFC 240, <laughs> which took place this past weekend. Like I say, no disrespect to the entire card, or I guess I am, just by virtue of the fact that we're just skipping straight to the main and co-main. But for me, Chris Cyborg uh, versus Felicia Spencer, I'm surprised, I, I, I don't know, Maybe I'm over-egging this, but I'm surprised that that wasn't up for some sort of bonus. That wasn't up for some kind of... Well, I hope there was a locker room bonus involved because Felicia Spencer, I feel, was fearless. Going into that, I feel a lot of people, as you know, in the past, have been defeated before they even get to the cage because they're facing Chris Cyborg. I don't know it was the fact that, you know, she's coming off a loss. I'm not sure if it was the fact that, you know, um, Amanda Nunes made... Chris Cyborg looked more human, but Felicia Spencer was having none of the pre-fight psychological mind games just by virtue of the fact that she was facing Chris Cyborg and, you know, taking it to her in the first and opening up her face with that mighty elbow. Impressive. Most impressive. Oh, that elbow was beautiful. It was like a step, like she took a step forward and threw it. It reminded me of when Chris Weidman threw it against um, Munoz. It was beautiful. It, oh, mm. I was I was so impressed. And it was Chris Cyborg's first like monster like cut like that. Even Chris after the fight was like, this is my first um, cut. Like she was proud of it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was it was I love the fight. Um, I loved Felicia Spencer's attitude. I think she won a lot more fans um, in, in this loss. You know what I mean? Like people just really respect her. They want to see her fight again. And her brand went up. Her stock went up. So even though she lost, she won. And they better find her. They better get to recruiting and find um, people, find more women for her to fight. Because, you know, the fans want to see her fight again. I I, I really enjoyed the fight. But you got to give it to Chris for basically dismantling her round by round. I mean. Oh, massively. Oh, my God. Massively. Um, But, but. Felicia hung in there. I mean, considering that, you know, it went to a decision, considering that, you know, she started with gusto and the fact that she opened her up in the first round. I mean, you got to put your, you got to give her a round of applause just for that opening. She made a statement with that first round. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm here to fight. And what I loved most about Felicia was that. Most people buckle under Cyborg's power. Felicia was eating these shots, and she was even reacting to them. I saw one punch where she looked like she was in pain, but she did not drop. Whenever Chris Cyborg, if you notice, whenever she lands that nice hard shot, everyone falls apart. Tanya, Avenger. I could go on, even in Strikeforce when I used to watch her fight in Invicta. It's just that one power shot. And then that's it. They crumble to pieces. They curl up and she beats, she pounds them out. That didn't happen with Felicia. So Chris had to technically fight her, hit her with a bunch of combos, this, this. It was nice. It was just beautiful. Go ahead, Mike. Mike Tyson uh, famously talks about everyone has a plan unless, well, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the mouth. Yeah. Now, Felicia Spencer had 
plan A, plan B, plan C. She was continually eating those shots, but still changing up her game plan, coming forward. Basically, there was no stopping. She was like some kind of Terminator. The way that she was relentlessly coming forward, that come forward style against Chris Cyborg was always going to land you in hot water. But that seemed to be part of the plan A, oh, plan B, absolutely. plan C. And I love the teep kick when like, Cyborg came forward and was landing a bunch of shots. Out of nowhere, Felicia yeah. would put that teep kick up and back her up. And I was like, that's how you do it. You don't fall apart. I know she's blasting mm. you right now, but you fight. You know what I mean? And I just love that she did not crumble. You know, and I just can't wait to see her fight again. But I also loved Chris's performance. I was just like, again, this is another reason why fans love her, why people say she's one of the female goats, is that she's just really good. I mean, the combinations yeah. she was throwing, she worked the body. She was composed, even with that cut on her forehead. She was composed. It was, it was just beautiful. And, you know, I noticed that Joe Rogan was saying that, oh, she looks tired and she has to feed, you know, all the oxygen in her muscles and it's going to be a problem. But um, her punches went up in volume per round. So she wasn't tired. It was a misconception on Joe's part. I just thought her performance was flawless. And I just cannot, I'm going to say it again. I cannot wait to see Felicia Spencer fight again. I think she's going to be a problem for everyone in that division, except for Amanda and Chris. You see, no disrespect to Joe Rogan, but this is one reason why when I'm watching fights, I try and have the volume as low as possible because it's almost as though Joe Rogan tries to speak things into existence. Yes. He talks about the fact that she was tired and he just continually referred to the fact that she was tired. And really and truly, I personally don't think that she was. Maybe there was something that he could see because he was a lot closer to the action. But on my HDTV, she did not look tired at all. And it's like I say, it's almost as though he does this a lot. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm trying to be, um, how can I put it? I'm trying to be as polite as I can. Right. And objective. Rogan right. You're trying to be objective. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to be objective. Mm -hmm. I think that Joe Rogan sees things that most people watching don't see. Hence the reason why, like I say, I, I, I tend to have the volume lower than I normally would um, when watching other fights where other people are commentating. And I, you know what's so funny? Someone tweeted me that because I was also voicing the same concerns like, oh, my God, she's not tired. Joe, will you cut it out? Like, chill. And someone was like, I turned down the volume. And they, those people like you and the person that had tweeted me seem to have a better experience when you can zone out commentary that is just repetitive and biased because his uh, commentary for some reason was just biased. And I think he just the same way we fell in love with Felicia. So did he. Yeah. And he's 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 like us. He's a fan. So what happened is, is that he fell in love with her on the mic and he lost it. And it happens. You know what I mean? But it, it was definitely biased and it caused like a shitstorm on Twitter. Some people, I swear to God, they were going to start a GoFundMe for Joe Rogan. I'm like, he's a millionaire. He's OK. <laughs> Relax. We can criticize him for one fight. He's not leaving. You should have seen the crying on Twitter. Oh, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, he's not getting fired for this. No need to protest. There's no justice, no peace needed here. It's okay. Fans can criticize <laughs> that he's biased. And then the next fight, he'll be great. Everybody relax. Relax. Rogan lies matter. Right? I, I was waiting for the hashtag. I was like, my God, can we just say we, di we didn't like that he was biased? We still love him. It's all right. I wonder, I wonder whether Joe was off his game because... Not once, but twice did I hear him refer to this fight being a five-round yes. fight. Now, he corrected himself um, on the second 
go round. But it just made me think maybe he's just off his game because really and truly, 99.9% of the time, um, Joe is on point in what he's describing. Mm -hmm. But like I say... He's almost as though he's pushing a narrative that he's decided before he's he sits excited. down. Yeah. And that's why it makes me feel, you know, maybe this was one of those days where Joe Rogan was I agree. Wasn't on point. And he's, he's a huge pothead. You just never know if he ate an edible, maybe hit a vape, maybe he's jet lagged. Who knows? You know, he's a human being. He messed up um, on one fight. It's not like every fight he was just fucking up. It was just one fight. He fell in love with Felicia. So did I. I think she's really cute. And he fell in mm. love with her. And he's a fan like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like, look, even now, as we're discussing the fight, Chris Cyborg dismantled her technically in every way, shape, or form. But we're still harping on Felicia. It happens. And he's yeah. a commentator. You know what I mean? So, And she's new to the UFC. She's got a pretty face. She fought well. It's okay. And I still love Joe, you know? And he didn't do it every fight. It was just this fight. Oh, five rounds and this, this, and that. Just one fight he fucked up on. It's all right. I'm ready to forgive again. Him. <laughs> <laughs> again, the volume was low, but uh, I didn't really you. notice anything out of order when he was commentating on Max Holloway versus Frankie exactly. Edgar. For me, I don't know. I don't know if, if you saw this as well, but this fight was very, very similar to Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway. But it was almost as though Max Holloway was Dustin Poirier and Frankie Edgar was Max Holloway, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. in that Max Holloway was gigantic next to Frankie Edgar. Did he not look like... It was like like a big brother, like, slapping his little brother around. Oh, my God. Even even when they went to touch gloves in the beginning, you know, when the ref is giving them the rules and touch gloves, I was like, he's huge. Is this... Is what is this catch weight? Did I miss something? Like yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And it made me be like, kudos to Frankie for fighting these big motherfuckers and not giving a shit. You know, it made me like it made me want to thump my chest. Like you go ahead in there, Frankie, and you fight these big dudes and fight your heart out. But Max just looked like he was towering over him. It it was it was it was eye catching, and it, and it caught your eye right away too. I, I think you know just looking at this whole. This whole exercise for Frankie was, you know, a bit of a disaster. Not only was he the smaller guy, Mm -hmm. but even though, don't get me wrong, Frankie Edgar, his speed was incredible. It did not match Max Holloway's because the amount of uppercuts that Frankie Edgar ate was incredible. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I would say in terms of strikes, an uppercut is one of the most... I would say, easier strikes to see. Mm. Now, the amount of times that he connected with the uppercut was incredible. Eva Max Holloway has a very unique way of actually masking the fact that an uppercut is being thrown. Or, you know, Frankie, Frankie Edgar was just obviously not quick enough and obviously um, countering or even getting out of the way because Max was connecting each and every time. And, the, 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 you know, the, mm-hmm. to a discerning viewer, you might see, or, or, or to the untrained eye, you might look at Max Holloway and think, oh, it's definitely a reach thing. There, there wasn't really much in terms of the reach um, between the two men. There really wasn't. Even though Max was bigger, even though he's taller, their reach, I think there was maybe just an inch oh, yeah. in, in, uh, between them. 
But you know what else I think, too, attributes to that uppercut? When I see a fighter kind of come in there and land something over and over again, like what you saw with the uppercut, I I start to think strategy, coaches, team, tape. You know what I mean? I start to think, you guys studied him. And you guys know that he is maybe susceptible to uppercuts. Because I was like you, too. I was like, well, how many goddamn uppercuts is he going to land on this boy? Damn. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then did you notice, Michael, that his head popped with each one? Like I was watching a, a, a GIF yep. the other day. Pop, pop, pop. But I will say this. Frankie Edgar was landing some nice right hands over the top on Max Holloway. He was counter he had some nice slick counters. The boy is fast. And I not d- enough though. No, not no, enough. no, 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 no. But I did see some nice right hand counters that he was catching with Max, but no, his performance unfortunately wasn't enough. And then did you also see like the beautiful spinning um back kicks by Max? I think he pulled it off twice towards the you end of the what? round. It, it was almost as though after it was it literally straight after Frankie Edgar attempted his and it was one of the slowest um, spinning uh, I think it was a spinning back kick yeah one of the slowest spinning back kicks but it was to I've his head seen. and then Max shrugged it yeah. off and then he did it to the midsection and connected I remember that's right it was beautiful straight away almost as if to say that's how you throw a spinning right. back kick my man but I, I don't know if you noticed this as well when Frankie Ed well Frank, when Frankie Edgar went back to his corner it was chaotic. The people speaking at the same time. How did he actually hear anything? Oh. How did he? How did he? How did he process any instructions? Because it was almost as though there was panic in his corner, and rightly so, because yeah. he was getting two pieced up. Yeah, I think that's probably what the chaos was about. Like they came in there with a game plan, and Max mm. just was mopping the floor with the very game plan. And Max looked, again, calm, cool, and composed. And it wasn't like this erratic fight he had with Ortega, even though he was dominant with Ortega. There was a lot of punches and shots. Max was picking his shots and landing them very nicely. And he was shucking off the takedown, the takedowns that Frankie would go for. And Frankie could only go for single legs. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything else because of the range Max was um, keeping with Frankie. And he was shucking them off. So he kind of... He, he kind of cut down on Frankie's takedown attempts because Frankie could only go for the one single leg takedown. But I have a question for you, Michael, because I found, I found this on Twitter and I wanted to run this past you. And I tweeted about mm. it. Mm. I woke up and I saw people like, oh, I think Max um, went easy on Frankie. Do you think... What? That's what I said. Um, <laughs> question answered. Yeah, um, there were pe- people grumbling on MMA Twitter saying that... Max had taken it easy on Frankie because, you know, it's Frankie and he wanted to take it easy on him but wanted to win. And I thought that was one of the most ludicrous things that I've ever heard of in reference to professional fighting. I don't think any of these fighters take it easy on anybody. And 100%. Right? And I also think that, um, I don't know if you heard this, but in the press conference, Max distinctly said that he wanted to take this five rounds because everyone had talked shit like, oh, he's not going to last with Frankie, the cardio machine. So he purposely went five rounds with him to be like, no, I can keep up with this fast little dude. But again, what do you you think he went easy or he just fought differently? I would say the bad intentions... Uh, Max is famous for it was was still there but what was there was a different level of respect because it's kind of evident 
the way in which, uh, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but almost at the end of each round, Max was, you know, trying to kind of uh, shake hands and Frankie Edgar was having none of it. And he was oh. almost as though he was trying to show him respect. Yeah, yeah, good round at, uh, at almost uh, every single juncture. And again, Frankie wasn't having any of it. But also, when um, the final bell went or when the yeah the final bell went mm-hmm. um and joe rogan was inviting max to come on the mic uh, max said no 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 let let frankie go first and okay that didn't actually come off but there was definitely ultimate respect being shown right. but definitely the, venom yeah. still in those punches those strikes right so basically when it came down to the fight max handled business but he did ultimately 100%. show respect at the end of the round yeah. and end of the fight yeah i i totally agree i just i thought it was interesting to discuss on mma twitter because you know i respect people's opinions so i thought it was pretty interesting mm. that people thought that and i also thought that it just means you think very highly of max i thought it was kind of cute if you think someone just like takes it easy on somebody and you're comparing the ortega fight to frankie and it's a little bit you're not really thinking very highly of frankie either he, Max had to kind of be tactical with him, you know? Yeah. So, And, and, I, and I think as well, what I'm learning, <clears throat> excuse me, what I'm learning more and more, um, not that I like it, but when you have two competitive or two competitors, they don't necessarily have to be going at each other's throat right. uh, 100% of the time, which neatly segues into our clash this week between Terry Brazier and Kane Musa. How you doing, fellas? Let's go. You know where we are. We haven't lost you, have we, Terry? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yo, Terry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. I'm polishing my belts. Good, good, good. Keep them shiny, lad. <laughs> now, I, I have to say, this fight has actually captured the imagination of those people who chimed in after, um, I have to say, a pretty hearty call out on Twitter from Kane the Danger Musa. First of all, you know, over to you, Kane. What was the inspiration behind that tweet? Why Terry the Dominator Brazier? Well look, there's already been let's 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 not let's not forget there's already been interest shown from Terry himself um to fight me, but that's when I was with uh, with another promotion. Obviously as soon as I came over to 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 the big show to to Bellator, you know, um got myself in great shape. I uh, got got my win out, got my win on there, and then obviously, uh, you know, you look at the roster and you look at what fights make sense, and you look at what type of fights you want to be in. And for me, um, you know, I've identified Terry as somebody that I that that I'd want to fight, someone that I feel can bring can bring it in a fight. But obviously, you know, be, me being me, I'm confident I get the job done. So, uh, I, obviously, I seen Terry calling out a few people as well. My name wasn't in the mix, so I thought, you know what respect to Terry regardless of what but it's it's about time that me and him got it on so I put it out there and obviously Terry's picked it up and there and he's come back at me with 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 the acceptance of the fight so I think it's only right that that we give the people because the reception from from the fans is that they want to see this so I feel like it's only right that me and Terry give the fans the people what they want and and test ourselves against each other. So, Terry, over to you. I mean, when you saw this call out, did you see it as like a level of disrespect, considering that, you know, really and truly in the matchmaking scheme of things, I'm guessing that, you know, 
paperwork was being filled out for you in terms of a list of possible opponents. Now, from left field comes Kane Musso in a very, I have to say, respectful way, considering, you know, we know Kane's, um, what's the word I'm looking for, forthright way in which he actually approaches um, opponents and the way he actually calls people out. I would say it was fairly respectful. But what was your first reaction when you actually saw that tweet, when you actually got linked into all of that? No, I was happy, man. So, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, uh, like Kane said, I called a couple of people out. Um, one of them being that Ginger Bollocks that um, dropped out the, the last fight because of some bullshit injury. You know, we all go into fights of injuries. Um, but, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, his ass fell out and, and, and dropped out. So, you know, I'm, I've been told I'm not fighting till November. So, I wanted to be relevant and, and get my name out there. So, I started calling out the names of the people that are supposed to fight um, that dropped out in the last camp uh, and I, you know I was more than happy for Kane to pop up I know Kane I know Kane uh, in and out of the cage you know he brings it he's a proper fighter um, he's a gentleman he's a, he's a family man do you know what I mean he, and he's doing the business he's doing what he needs to do the reality is I'm the best lightweight in Europe um, Kane, Kane's um, trying to prove himself and, and, and fancies himself against me and he's he's asked to fight you know he wants to fight me so I don't take any disrespect from that whatsoever Um and the reason I accepted it and and uh, was happy to accept it, I know he's going to bring it. I know he ain't going to drop out with some bullshit excuse. And um, and it's a fan pleaser. People want to see that. As two fighters, we ain't no athletes. The reality is a lot of, a lot of the people out there, they're athletes. And you put it on them or they get an injury in fight camp and they drop out because they're not feeling 100%. I know Kane's not like that. Kane's from the street, and 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 so am I. Like this is how we got brought up. We got brought up fighting, and and whether we got fucking broken legs or fucking fractured hands, we're gonna get in there and we're gonna throw down and we're gonna give a crowd pleaser. And no one can, no one can say no against that. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's in Manchester or it's in London, it is gonna be a crowd pleaser. It's gonna pull in the numbers. People are gonna tune in, tune in to watch that fight. So you know, me and Kane know each other. Uh, we've got mutual friends, um, you know, one, 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 listen, our corner men, our corner men are going to know each other. They're going to be cornering against each other. But, you know, the reality is it's a job, it's a business, and this is what we do. He's providing for his three boys. I'm providing for my three kids, and this is what we do. We're going to go there. We're going to make it the biggest fight of the year. We're going to throw down. It's not going to be disappointing. So in terms of respect or disrespect, you know, I've only got respect for Kane and uh, I'm happy for him to call me out and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to get it on and it's going to be a good fight. So, Kane, when you hear that, I mean, it, 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 it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very lofty claim to say you're the best in Europe or you're one of the best in Europe, yeah. considering that, you know, Kane, you've had no shortage of high caliber opponents which you've not necessarily run through but you've made like um examples of in terms of putting your stamp down as an athlete when you hear um terry talking about himself in that kind of like high accolade of being the best in europe does that kind of like raise your blood pressure ever so slightly or does that kind of like um well enable you to rise to the challenge somewhat um, for me, it's just it's. It, I look at it like this, you know, like like Terry's already said. Look, there's no, there's no me and Terry sitting there making our like the worst enemies. So that'll just be it. It won't be us being real to to ourselves and to the fans and 
in this situation, it's just basically two kick, two two guys who want to have a scrap that love fighting, that want to get in there and get the job done. So, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Look, we called each other out. Well, I called him out. He accepted. But in this situation, I just feel like. You know, every fighter's got to be confident within themselves. Do I feel like Terry's the best or one of the best in Europe? Probably not the best. Or he, I think he's, I think he's a good fighter, but definitely, you know, I feel like um, the level of opponents that I've fought in the past, you know, uh, in my eyes, rack up to better than the, the the level of opponents that he's fought. And I feel like how I've controlled and 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 destroyed them them opponents in, in them fights is just sort of something that I feel like um, puts me in a, in a stronger position uh, in terms of uh, quality of, of opponent and experience. See, that's where I'm, I'm going to have to agree, disagree at that point on, like, uh, on like quality of opponents. When you're looking back, yeah, like the last guy to stand in, some, some, some mug from Italy, I agree. Um, the, 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 the guy before that, I agree. But if you're talking... What I've done in the last year, last two years, you're talking. I've knocked two, two uh, champions from their spot, took their belts off them. And the thing is, with me, I don't look good doing it. I don't look classy, and I don't look like an athlete. But I get it done. And uh, listen, and, and, I don't, for me, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. But what I'm trying to say to you is, if I look at who, like you see, Reese McKee, yeah, I don't think he's got any. He's nowhere near the the level of a um, of quality of opponent as Alex Enland. You see um, Alex Lahore. Was it Lahore? Yeah. No disrespect to him. He's a good fighter. But I've I seen a lot of holes in his games where you where you capitalised on it. But there was a lot of um, of schoolboy errors that he made within that fight that, you know, placed against somebody else with a lot better takedown defence in them certain positions. You would have struggled in them fights. So don't take nothing away from your tenacity. Like you said, you don't make look, things look pretty. But at the same time, I feel like Matt coming up against somebody with a higher skill set, with the same, with the same tenacious fighting fighting style like I've got, that is where the areas are going to be exposed in your mm. game. That's how I look. At it. I, feel, I feel like you've you've got the same outlook on me as all my opponents in the past have had. Because if you watch me fight, I watch me fight, and I'm like, shit, I do that wrong, I do this wrong, I don't look that good here, I don't look that good there. But until you're in that cage with me and you feel that pressure and you feel the six foot two lightweight coming at you, throwing, taking you down, like well, remember what you got to understand is think about it like this: all my all my grappling um, submission, grappling, wrestling opponent um, team team teammates that I train with, you know these guys are like. 82, 83, 84 mm. kilogram guys that I train with all the time. You know, I'm down at CAMS doing, down at ASW with these guys. These guys are monsters, mate. And these guys, listen, I know you've got pressure, but these guys have got pressure as well. And listen, I've never struggled with none of these guys. So mm. the strength thing for me is not, is not. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I know you're strong and stuff like that. But what? And, and again, and I know, I, I know, and I know then you, mean, you can go do jujitsu. You might do jiu- well at jujitsu. I mean, you know, but one thing I do well is fight. And, yeah, that's and I together. get that. Listen, and that's not taking nothing away from me. Like I said to you, but tell you what I'm saying to you is, bro, yeah, when I look at your how tenacious you are, yeah, you've got the will to win. You've got the will to win. But you've got you've got to understand I've also got the will to win. I've got the deep, deep will to win and I'm ready to that's go. That's what makes it a good fight. Of this course, is, this is why they got to put the fight on. This is why they've got to put the fight on, Mike. Yeah, this yeah. is why I'm saying let's get it, let's get it put on. Yeah? yeah, and if I'm being deadly, brutally honest, yeah, and this, like I said, remember, this ain't no disrespect, so I'm not going to come here and say it because, you know, I'll see Terry out, 
I'll see him about and I'll sit and I'll chat with him and I'll talk to him. But this is what makes it even. This is the beauty of the sport. Two men that can see each other. On a, I've seen him out eating before uh, when he was down at Andrew's Adventure. I've seen him eating in a place that he actually seen on my social media. And he went there to eat. We were chatting and talking. And that's when we were actually lined up to fight each other on, on, this, on, on this last one. Don't forget, I accepted that on short notice. So this ain't me. Uh, ever trying to come at Terry in that way. I just say, I feel like, I deeply don't feel like Terry believes himself that he can win this fight against me, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think he truly believes it. What I do believe is as a fighter, as a fighter and a man who's got a lot of pride and a lot of, and and he's been in the wars and he can go to deep waters, that's where, you know, he's happy to accept it and he's happy to get in there and, and, and have it. So, do I think that he's got fear? No, I don't. But do I, do I think he believes he can win? I actually don't believe, if, I don't believe he does. You know, you said something very interesting there, Terry, in that the way in which Kane is talking about you is like how many or how opponents in the past, recent past, have actually spoken about you. Do you feel to a certain extent that Kane is um, basically setting himself up for a fall here because he is fitting the formula of people that you have beaten in the way that they have looked at you in the past? I honestly can hand on my heart on my on my son's life now can tell you that I will I I haven't got a slightest doubt in my mind that I can win that fight. And not only win it, I can look good doing it. Um I know Kane's gonna bring it. Don't get me wrong, uh, and I, I'm going to have to take a, a different approach to the fight. And I think it's, it's going to be a fucking scrappy fight. It's going to be a fight. The reality is, it's going to be a fight. I feel like it's going to be there's going to be technical parts, but I think when it gets really down to the actual who wants to win that fight, it's going to be scrappy. It's going to be bloody, um, and it's going to be reckless. I feel like we're probably both emotional fighters when it comes down to it because we're both going to want the win. But I just think my 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 pedigree. Um, who I am as a person, my heart, my skill set. There's not one fight you can tell me that I've fought in that I've come back and looked the same as the previous fight. Not one. But you know what it was for me? Look at it. I look at it like this and I say, the last opponent that you fought, yeah, it was it was, it was, was last minute. And you know what? Never take away from someone who steps in. We don't know. That guy could have been <laughs> in the gym grinding. He could have been fight fit. We don't know. But what I do know is for someone that did step in, yeah, you made you made it very hard, bro. And I looked at that opponent. I've watched fights and I've watched other fighters fight and I thought, you know what? That would have been an hard fight for me. Like, that would have been a proper hard fight. But when I looked at your last opponent, I, I was looking, thinking, you know what, mate? This kid wouldn't have got out of the second round with me. Mm. And that's the honest... But then, do you know what? Like I said, people watch me fight and they see that. But And if you also hear... If you listen to the fight, I don't know if you can hear my cornerman, there's a lot of take your time, don't rush it, don't do this. I could have got that toe hold. I don't want to. I got told not to burn my arms. I got told to let go of it. Like, that fight for me, um, and like, you know, you know Eric, my coach, that, yeah, that yeah. fight for me was all about not rushing. So, as if you watch my early fights, I, I'll get them all done in the first round. I rush. Yeah. I, but that can only take you so far because you're going to... One day you're going to do that and you're going to come across someone that can wear, weather that first round. Then you're blowing your load in the first round. So then uh, in recent fights, I've gone the distance and stuff like that. That's because I've been told to long the fight out, not rush, take my time. And the same in the last fight. So I was trying to, I don't know whether, um, but you know, you're not stupid. You're, you see the fight, but you can see I was working a lot more on my striking. So they didn't want me to just take this guy down and get on top of him and beat him up. They were sending me, let him up let him up, strike, and then doing this. And so it's all a learning curve. So you can only learn so much in the gym, but the real learning becomes in the cage. If you go in there and do a guy in the first round, 
you've got five minutes, four minutes experience. Yeah, doing doing what you've been learning. So in that fight, I took it the, the third round. I won the first two rounds, probably ten eight, ten seven, possibly, and then and then tapped him out in the third round. Yeah, but what so, I'm saying to you, if you think about it, when I'm looking at you fighting over thing, I can't really see no evolution in your skill set. What I can see is... Oh, man, you're blind, Kane. Nah, you're what blind, I'm saying man. is, listen, I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. Even in the striking... You're blind! Now, I'm being real. I'm just being real. If I look at it from a striking perspective, I don't think your striking's improved anything anything major. I don't think you've actually been working with anyone serious. The the, the striking coaches that you're working with, I don't know if the... If, 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 if the if, 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 if you're gelling together, because when you're, when you're going in there, I see a lot of holes and a lot of holes in your game where I'm thinking, listen, mate, if you would have, if you've come, if you would have come, but listen, against everyone sees that one holes, second, one second. You know what happens? They fall in it. Yeah, well, that's they true. Fall in no, that I, hole. Don't, I don't forget, remember, if they fall into the hole and it comes into where your, where your strength lies, I can deal with that. I can deal with how tenacious and how strong and how much how much you're gonna try and grind. That's 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 light work for me. Do you understand what I'm saying, sir? What you've got to look at now is the areas of striking and the striking ability, the technical ability, my timing, my precision. Look how I cleaned Alex Enland across the floor, mate. I absolutely ironed him out. Miles Price dropped him with the left hook. This last kid, this um, Mateus, this last kid, this Mateus, mate. Yeah, I was ill. Yeah, this is, you know me. We're real men, so we don't we don't chat no shit. This is yeah, straight yeah. realness. I was ill as a dog on the Saturday. I was dead, having cold sweats. My missus was 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 looking after me all fight week. I'm seeing people post pictures fight week. Yeah, let's go. I'm sat there thinking, fucking hell, I am knackered. I'm I know you feel because that's what I had with the vanguard. Is that right? Ex- exactly. So that's mm. what I'm saying to you. And believe me, that last fight. If I would not have been ill, when I started getting into that grind, into that thing, my, lung, my lungs lit up, they're on fire, and I still got the job done against somebody who's in that gym. And he's 14 and 4, he's a good opponent, he's in SBG lighting everybody up. People, people ripped me off in that fight, and I went in there and absolutely dominated the kid. Now, I'm telling you, me versus you, where the areas that you're strong in are the areas that I'm strong in, but the areas that you're weak in, are the areas I'm strong in, so this is where for me, that's where I'm telling you, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long night for you, bro. Yeah. I just want to jump in there. I just want to jump in because I think you know, Kane. To be fair, you might be, um, how can I put it, overlooking a few things in again, um, Terry Brazier's recent history. Remember that he was a two weight champion of an organization, you know, where the pedigree of fighters coming through was very high. Well, remember, no- my, remember how he won them fights. Remember how he wins them fights. Yeah, beat them up fights, for three rounds. Was it, yeah, them fights was tenacious, yeah, strength, grinding fights against Reese McKee, who's who's piss weak. Who's a little? Who's a? Who's, he's sharp. Oh, give it no, to listen. Reece. Let me now. Nah, nah, now nah, let me tell you. Reese McKee has bashed up everyone since. Now nah, let me listen. Listen what I'm saying to you, bro. Yeah, Reese McKee at that time is a sharp fighter, technically sharp. But when the bigger, stronger man, who's a, who's got a lot of tenacity, comes in and pushes you up around the place, your man strength was what won that. You threw him about. You dominated him with strength. Yeah, technically, technically. He, he has got more technique, but your, like I said, your strength, your tenacity won you that fight. And the areas that you won that fight, he definitely has gone away and said, I'm not letting that happen to me again. So he's worked on that. But at the time you got him, 
that's when he was weak in that time. So the timing was perfect on that one for you, yeah? Hats off to you. You beat a good opponent. Now, when you fought Lahore, uh, I, I was fight. His takedown defence against the cage was absolutely atrocious. He was making bad mistakes. He was making schoolboy errors. And that is why he was able to capitalise on taking him down. Now, you've got to understand there's levels to this thing. There's levels to this game. And what I'm saying to you is, when you get against my level now, it's a different level. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So, look, hats off to Terry. We're not taking nothing away from him. He's a great, strong opponent, durable. I know he's coming there to win. And let me tell you something, he's going to be in there and he's going to want to win. Yeah, but I just feel like he's met his match in this one and it's going to be a long night for him. I hadn't even, I hadn't, I hadn't even got started yet. I mean, again, just going back to Terry's caliber, you have to remind yourself, or I just wanted to remind you that, you know, you're looking at an army vet here, someone who's literally been in the trenches. So this is someone who's literally been battle tested to the nth degree, and that I think should really go some way to kind of um, enforcing in your mind that this is one hell of a challenge. But listen. Let's not get anything. I don't. I don't want it to come across in the wrong way. Let's not get it twisted. I'm not here saying it's going to be a walk in the park. I'm not saying that. That's definitely what, not what I'm saying. Like Terry said, it's going to be a war. There's going to be blood within this fight. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when when push comes to shove and it comes down to all of the attributes thrown in a pot, Kane comes out as the winner because, like you said, he's been to the trenches. Yeah. He's been in the trenches, so have I been to the trenches. He's already said this. Yeah, we're not taking nothing away from each other in the trenches. Tenacity. We're both strong. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm strong. I grapple with these guys all the time, and my strength never lets me down, ever. So this is what he's got to deal with now. Somebody who's got good technical ability and matches him for strength, if not even stronger than him. So this is where I'm saying it's nothing to do with hit the trenches, Mike. The trenches are where I'm saying that's what makes it a real fight. Do you understand? Because he's a, he's a trenchman. Let's call him that. He's a trenchman. He loves the trenches, but so do I. That, that I definitely get um, a keen sense of. But just throwing it back to you, Terry, you obviously know um, if you've seen um, the past documentaries, which WOTV, myself, um, Kerry Hughes, who actually directed the feature with Kane, you'll know his background. You'll obviously, uh, a quick Google will also um, give you the full background on Kane Musa. With that background in mind, given that, you know, where Kane has actually come from, given that he's not just tested in the cage, but tested on the street, which I have to say, which is the real proving ground, because that's where, you know, most of the battles sometimes are lost and like literally lost and there's no coming back from that. But looking at that pedigree, looking at that background, does that give you some kind of like pause for thought or um, a newfound or not necessarily newfound respect, but respect for Kane's pedigree as well? No, listen, like I say, um, you get athletes and you get fighters and, and Kane's definitely a fighter. You know, we obviously both grew up on the streets. Unfortunately, Kane ended up um, doing his time somewhere else and I ended up doing my time in the army. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I honestly believe that that's what made me as a, as a man and, and as a fighter, to be honest. Definitely. My, my mindset um, that got made, you know, in, in Afghanistan, eight months of fucking um, fighting for my life, day in, day out, uh, put things in, into perspective for me. And you know what? I know when I get in that cage with Kane, 
that I'm just going to be having fun. I know I'm not going to get shot. I'm not going to get blown up. And I'm going to walk out of there. Definitely. You know, I believe I'm going to walk out a winner. But worst case scenario, I'm going to walk out a loser. Someone I know is going to walk out a winner. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the reality is not that bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I am going in there with, and putting my life on the line like I'm in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I'll, I will fight to a death. And, and that's what i that. And that's why and I that's came to fight. Because we know... No matter what happens on that it's night, gonna, it's, it's going to be, be a sick fight. It's going to be gonna good be publicity for both of us. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be a sick fight for the. We can sit here. We can sit here and argue. You know, obviously Kane thinks he's got it. Otherwise, he wouldn't call me out. I think I've got it because otherwise, he wouldn't put be claims to be the best in Europe the, uh, and accept it. Uh, you know, I'd be one of like one of these guys that pick fights, fucking sixteen and 0, 16 and one, and never actually fought anyone. Do you know, I'm not like that. Mm. So. If I could fight anyone, then I'd rather fight Kane uh, because I know he's going to bring it. It's going to be a crowd pleaser. We deserve to be on the main card, if not the main event. Um, And we're going to bring it and we're going to throw down. You know, if if Kane was on here just boosting me up and not boosting himself up, I wouldn't want to fight him. What's the point? Um, You know, so he believes in himself. I believe in myself. If Bellator don't put this on, they're stupid. Exactly, Mike. So listen, Mike, you already know there's no more that needs to be said. Yeah, the people have spoken. The people want this fight. Yeah, it's down to the to the big matchmaker. It's down to the company to get this done. And I believe that it's a fight that, that needs to happen. Mm. Um, and do you know what? I feel like I, I, I generally think they will make it happen. Bellator are doing massive things at the moment in Europe. Exactly. Uh, big up Bellator. Like they're, Every they're, time. they're smashing it. They're putting on the fights that Europe want to see. They're bringing, they're, you know, they're bringing the attention to England, which we all appreciate. It's massive. Jude Samuel, the wicked matchmaker. Um, you know, Jude knows what's going on and, and they're doing things for English fighters. Uh, and, and Jude Jude knows this is a big one. So, and you that's know, what I'm saying to when, so when, they, when this fight goes down and, and it's a fucking calls the numbers in and everyone's talking about it, Jude's the man to thank. And this is why I'm saying to you, if you think about it like this, you look at people like Jude, he knows. He signed, he signed me for a reason. He's not daft. He signed me for a reason. He signed Terry up for a reason. And obviously, like Terry's already said, Bellator's doing massive things for the European scene, for MMA globally. And this is just one of them fights that adds to what it is that Bellator, uh, you know, on a mission to do, which is take over the global market. And that's 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 what they're doing. So I think it this fight just needs to happen. Jude Samuels, the big man, needs to make it happen. Um, and we just need to, we just need to get in there and just tear each other up, man. Let's go. Terry Brazier. Kane Musa, you have been absolutely incredible. This has been uh, one of the highlights, I would say, of my podcasting um, in the years that I've been doing this. You are consummate professionals, but not only that, um, you have convinced me. I know, no doubt, you've convinced those listening, and hopefully soon, Bellator will be also convinced that this is the fight to make. Too many people come on here and they try and pretend that it should be a good fight. They try yeah. and pretend that they're the big men. The reality Fact. is, me and Kane ain't got a shout at each other. We ain't exactly. got to be rude to each other. We both know we're going to bring it. Everyone else knows we're going to bring it. So let's fucking put it on. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, that draws to a close our little head-to-head there. I just wanted to thank you for bringing professionalism, not just professionalism, but the tenacity and, as I say, showmanship, which, again, underlines the fact that this fight has to happen. Thank you, gents. 
I'm not sure if you got the vibe from that, G, but there was definite respect being shown, even though there was um, determination, doggy determination from uh, each man that, you know, they would be the victor. Obviously, you're not going into a fight thinking you're going to lose, but there was definitely ultimate respect um, being shown. But um, ultimately, each man, I think, argued his point as to, why he was going to be the superior opponent. One of the things which I liked about this is there hasn't been uh, anything actually confirmed from Bellator, but from what Michael Page has actually uh, been saying recently in recent interviews, it looks like Bellator's coming back to the UK, specifically London, in November. So the fact that these guys actually took to Twitter to say, look, I'm not going to wait to be matched because there are opponents out there which would be good for me in terms of scalps taken. I think that shows initiative and I think that shows that these people are hungry to test themselves. I think in terms of their pedigree, in terms of their um, opponents which they have both faced, I think they are definitely in a situation where this could be fight of the night. Now, considering we haven't even seen any indication of what the card will look like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a bold statement. But the fact is, these are two formidable competitors. But I just like the whole way in which they actually went about this. Respect underpinned it, but that didn't stop them from actually going into detail of how they were going to actually dismantle each other. Oh, oh yeah. it was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I did. Um, from what I did catch, I did notice that there was respect for each other. Unlike your last interview where kind of the fighters kind of went balls in and just went ham. <laughs> and, you know, that was, you know, that was some TMZ shit. I was like, wow. Um, but this this was more like, OK, you want to fight me? I want to fight you. And let's see who's the better fighter. And yeah. see, you know what I mean? And Terry also was like, I respect the fact you're trying to make a name off of me. You, 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 you're trying to come up on me and let's see who's going to win. And I think mm. they're um, and, and Michael, why wouldn't they put that? On if if Bellator is coming to London, why wouldn't you put two guys? One is from Manchester and one is from London, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Wh- why wouldn't you put that on that card? That doesn't make any sense. And they're hungry and thirsty to to fight each other. If whoever does the matchmaking needs to hook this up right away. Oh, one hundred percent. And they're ma- you know, well matched the, uh, too. One one of the intriguing things about that particular matchup, or uh, the fact that you know. Hopefully, you know, Bellator do buy it. Hopefully they do actually sign this up. You've got one guy who was literally in the trenches as a soldier versus another street soldier who was literally living life on uh, on, 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 on one big hustle on the street. Okay, he got caught, he got tagged, he got uh, incarcerated. But you're looking at two men who, you know, figuratively speaking and literally speaking, have been in the trenches. I can't wait for this fight to actually unfold. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, what you're saying is that you can, they can sell this because who doesn't like a story where a young man gets locked up, has an has a mm. interesting past, gets out, of, gets out of that situation, gets out of jail, and does something with himself. This is what we ask of all people that get locked up in society to do, to come back, rehabilitated and do something with yourself and come back to society. Exactly. And that's what he's done. And then you got the vet 
You got the, the patriotic man that's been in the trenches and that people in the military can relate to. I even saw my man Brando, I forget his Twitter name, he even shouted out um, Terry because he was in the military. So you get that military, you know, that fan base. And they, they can sell the shit out of this. And then, again, they're evenly matched. It's going to be a good fight. This isn't two cans fighting here. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm interested, and as always... In typical Wocast fashion, Michael, who do you have? Who do you have winning here? You know, I... <laughs> you know, you put me in a really difficult spot right now. Because, I do it every week. Um, I, I, I think I've mentioned not just on um, previous podcasts, but um, on, on Twitter. I'm very good friends with Kane. And uh, oh, I hope it yeah. came across very balanced in the actual interview. But... I will never bet against Kane ever again. Good for you. He, um, he, he, I have to say, he surprised me in the last fight. Um, well, his, his debut, uh, I, I forget, I think it was uh, Pescores who he fought. Um, he surprised me because I said to him, and this was privately, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing I love about Kane. I can be real with him. I can say, Kane, yeah, this friend. is a goddamn difficult fight for you. Are you ready for this, my man? Because Good. this guy is going to rip your head off. And um, he reminded me of that. He reminded, <laughs> he reminded me of that. He called me up one, one Sunday morning, very, very early in the morning, and he reminded me, yeah, so, Mike, what happened to your boy? <laughs> so I will never bet against Kane Musa. So um, oh, you're suffice loyal, to say, nice. suffice to say, I'm not betting against Kane Musa. I'll just put it that way. Okay, well... I will bet against your friend. I'm going to put my money on the vet, but I do commend you for being loyal because it's like I'm such an MMA fan. If if he was my friend and I really thought that his, you know, his competitor was better than him and I thought he was going to win, I'd be like, listen, I love you, boo-boo, but I'm going to put my money. I'm a, You know, when I go gambling or whatever, I am going to put a little money on your competitor, but I'll be there in your corner. So I respect you for your loyalty. But let's let's see who eats crow on this and let's hope they book it, you know. Well, yeah, there there is that like small right. hurdle for paperwork to be filled out. <laughs> Contract. Um, sp- <laughs> spe- speaking of uh, paperwork being filled out, it's almost as though um, Colby Covington is being given the green light if he does get past Robbie Lawler, and the paperwork is literally waiting for his signature in terms of a title shot. But if he does get through Robbie Lawler this Saturday, it looks as though he will be taking on Kamaru Usman. But as well as that, on, on the card, I, I you know, to, again, looking at UFC on ESPN 5 this coming Saturday, which takes place at the Prudential Centre, again, looking up and down the card, not a lot is actually um, floating my boat, apart from um, Jim Miller versus Clay Guida. It's kind of like the uh, a vets kind of um, right. <laughs> clutch mm-hmm. there, but um, that's the only thing that kind of like makes me feel... I, I might be actually tuning into the co-main and the main only. I've got, um, well, I've got Jim Miller starching Clay Guida. Same uh, I think yep. really and truly, um, Jim Miller, for me, he's, 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 he's not the type of fighter that you bet against. Yeah, no, this is a, a hard vet. And I feel like, uh, I feel like Clay may be on the, 
not, I don't want to say decline, but like he went to like a decision with BJ Penn. I feel like anyone yeah. that fights BJ Penn should smoke him like Ryan Hall did. Or, you know, he, BJ Penn gets out there, they beat him up. End of story. So the fact that Clay went three rounds with him, I wasn't too impressed. And I think Jim's got his card on this one, too. But real quick, I'm Michael, I'm going to be in attendance for this fight. I'm going to Jersey. And if Col- nice. oh, I'm so nervous, though. If Colby Covington gets it done and I'm there in my floor seats, just know that I'll be crying. I will be, <laughs> I will be grieving. I'll probably hit a couple of stages of grief while I'm there. Hopefully I'll get through all of them by the time I get home if he wins. But I really want Robbie to win, and I'm going to be there live. So just wish me luck on that one. And I kind of agree. I'm excited to go. The card is a little lackluster. Trevin Giles yeah. and Gerald Mearshat might be in trevin is fun if if you do happen to have time and catch other bouts um remember the name trevin giles he's pretty fun scott's holzman is pretty cool but it's just an i8 card you know it, it happens but i'm just happy to be there live you know and i'll be there from the time those doors open to when the main event is over you know they're lucky i don't get there the night before and just sleep you know what i mean in the arena so uh, i'll be there the whole fight i'll brief you if you miss anything michael don't worry <laughs> I'm not just saying this to be contrary and to basically go against your pick, but I've got Colby Covington taking this. I mean, I don't blame you. Believe it or not, you know me. I, even though I want Robbie to win, I pick according mm. to who I think is going to win. And it breaks my... going to a decision, though. Yeah, and I think it's going to be Colby Covington. I just think mm. he's, again, he's, not, he's like another Leon to me. I just think he's really fucking good. And if Robbie's not firing on all cylinders, if he has an injury or if he just doesn't fight the most perfect fight and knock this guy out with his power, Colby's going to get him. Not to say it can't happen, but my money will be on Colby, unfortunately, but I want Robbie to win. You see, another thing which I've only just, well, got of late, and Mm -hmm. that is we need people like Colby Covington. We need people like Colby, Colby Covington so we can point our fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Now, I just reworked a Scarface, Scarface line in there, but it's facts. Yeah. We need heels. Now, I'm not really someone who's really into professional wrestling, but I like what Colby Covington's doing. Don't get me wrong, he might be overstretching it. He yeah. might be pushing it ever so slightly. But the fact is, he is working a treat. He's got people tuning in who want to see him get sparked. That would be me. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. But he's got, he, he's got but I'm in. people on the flip side yep. who are kind of like lapping all of this up because people are tuning in to see him get knocked out. People are tuning in to see him win. But the most important thing is he's resonated with people in some way, shape or form. You either hate him or you love him. Correct. There's... there's, there's there's one thing worse, I think, than actually not calling somebody out or not actually being vocal as to your opponent uh, that you like. And that is to have no resonance whatsoever with fans. And I think Colby Covington definitely has got resonance. Oh, he nails it. I mean, I'm one of those people that want to see him get smashed to smithereens. I'm one of those people. So he sucked me in that Mm. way. Then he sucked Mm. me in as a purist. This guy can fight. I don't care what's coming out his mouth. I don't care that he makes fake porno films or whatever he's doing (laughs) online. I don't care. The, The fight fan in me enjoys his nonstop cardio, 
I actually like watching him fight. As much as I don't like his stick, I love watching him fight. That nonstop cardio, those weird hooks as he's coming in, his tongue out, and just eating shots. His defense is kind of weird. It's lackluster, but he doesn't care, and he, and he doesn't stop. And no one, Michael, 100%. has figured him out. That's mm. the problem. No one. I mean, I think he lost his, um, I forget his name, but he's lost once in the UFC. That's pretty damn good. So Yeah. We shall see, but like I'll say it again, if he wins, I will be shedding tears in my seats. <laughs> well, finally, I think it's only right that we end on listener questions. I know that you've got a bag full. If you want to take out a selection, we'll, uh, we'll run through those. Absolutely, and I got some good ones. Um, this one pertains to your boy, Leon Edwards, and it's from, <laughs> this is hilarious, um, her name Yes, her is Derek Lewis Hotballs. At <laughs> these people on Twitter are nuts. At okay. at Pixie Dust Twenty Six. Little um, side note about Pixie Dust Twenty Six. This is a woman that is also battling cancer. She's a great follow, and she's winning that battle oh, wow. as of right now. So if you guys want to oh, follow her, right? She's great, and she's also mm. a polite debater on Twitter. She's great. P i x i. E-D-U-S-T-26. Follow this young lady. She's the shit. Here's our question. Okay. Why do you think so many Brits are failing to get behind our own Leon Edwards? He got booed on home turf, which was crazy to see. We normally get behind our lads, Bisbing, Manawa, and Till. What's going on with Leon? What do you think, Mike? When you, men- when you mention those three, it goes back to what I said earlier in that with Bisping vocal engaging man has a podcast he has reach he has traction there you go Manu exactly the same I worked quite extensively with Jimmy at the beginning of his UFC run creating content around Jimmy Manu so we did a lot of mini documentaries people got to know him but not only that we also created the poster boy show and that was his podcast which I produced directed and co-hosted with him so there was resonance there he had traction because he reached and he engaged with fans he was a talker Mm -hmm. now exactly the same with Till he's a man of the people he basically engages with um, fans through content again that's created around him you'll see him in mini documentaries you'll hear him on podcast and he speaks in in a way that does actually endear you towards him and he, you know from a from a from from someone who's from Liverpool say for example mm-hmm. he resonates with Li- Liverpudlians because he's one of them he's one of the people yeah similarly with Jimmy Mania he's South London he lives yeah. breathes South London so he's got the entire South London behind him, the mm-hmm. entire London behind him, similarly with Bisping. Right. What I'm saying is, you know, for me, Leon Edwards, you know, no disrespect, he is a quiet individual. Yes. He personifies the, I'll let my fighting do the talking for me, and um, I'm not really much of, well, into the long talk before the battle right. commences. Which really isn't going to endear you to fans, isn't going to really gain resonance and isn't really going to add to your traction. So that's why I really see it. It's plain and simple. It's to do with 
their reach, their traction through the fact that they actually engage with with fans. Um, and I think that might be what's missing from Leon Edwards. Yeah, and just from, I totally agree with you, by the way. I've listened to Bisbing's podcast. Jimmy Manoa is awesome. Till is nuts. That accent, you know, like he's, you know, the taxi incident. He's even controversial outside of the USC, which is go. good for, you know, selling yourself. But here's another mm. thing from the American side. Uh, we're animals. We're savages. We want to see um, knockouts. Uh, Manawa put Corey Anderson on his ass in a beautiful knockout. <laughs> Bisbing has lumped up a few people. Till is just a monster. He destroyed Cowboy. And it's just like Leon is more of a tactical practitioner. And it, you know what I mean? So not only is he a quiet man that's not selling himself or creating some type of stick, his fights are more for tactical practitioners you know and I like chess matches and that's what you see with Leon so I know I know for the American side if he was a bit more exciting as a KO artist and whatnot he might sell some more and not have to be you know flamboyant but I'm a fan it it doesn't matter to me whether he's quiet as a mouse or or getting decisions I think he's really good put it put it this way I I think as well what also is missing when you look at Bisping when you look at Manua when you look at Till, they are all headline grabbers yep. in that they'll give you a quotable. They'll give you something which has a spicy headline. Whereas, again, Leon Edwards doesn't actually give you that. He doesn't give you those quotables. He doesn't give you those um, takeaways that will enable you to um, captivate people through words um, on the page. And again, you know, this is no disrespect that I have to keep saying to Leon, but he's just not that guy. He's a quiet individual. And that's the reason why I feel he doesn't resonate and why he doesn't actually or hasn't actually captivated or captured the imagination of a UK audience. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I could see why your answer is that. So, yes. You ready for the next one? Go for it. Okay, this is from a fellow Long Islander named Michael Orvieto at Michael Orvieto and mm-hmm. his question is Cowboy versus Gaethje on September 14th who you got Mike and Gina Ooh, right now that's one hell of a matchup I have to say but I'm going with Gaethje full stop capital letter he'll go in there and he'll just march forward until the next person is just laid out he's relentless and not only that his, his come forward style is quite intimidating. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Cowboy is one to be intimidating or intimidated, sorry. But I, I do see that um, Gaethje's relentless pressure is something which we've seen, um, well, Cowboy buckle under mm-hmm. in the past. Till did that to him. That's, yes, that's, that's a prime example which comes, comes to mind. That relentless come forward pressure that... Till has, which Gaethje has, <clears throat> I think it's going to be on display when um, Gaethje and uh, Cowboy meet. Yeah. I th- so I've got Gaethje all the way. Oh, so so do I. I have Gaethje for the same reasons you said. And I also, because Cowboy is a slow starty, starter, excuse me, and Gaethje is not. He comes straight forward. His leg mm. kicks are his leg kicks are devastating. And he's ready to go once the bell starts. But Cowboy needs to be hit to kind of get started and get warmed up. And Gaethje's... And wake him up, Right, yeah. and Gaethje's not, he's not playing with you. He's not going to do all that. He's going he's gonna to wake him up, but very quickly. And he hits very hard. So Cowboy's got to be careful with that. And let's not take, in, let's take into consideration that Cowboy just had a fight. 
Is he injured? Is he war torn? How's he feeling? You know, you just you just never know. He did just come off a horrific fight with Tony Ferguson. So and he's getting a little older. So we'll see. But I think Gaethje gets him. I think so. Mm. All right. So that answers Michael's question. You have we have time for one more or what do you want to do? Let's go for it. Okay, I got one more. Three's the magic number. Okay, perfect. That's what it is. Perfect. And I like this one, Michael. Um, This is a pretty cool one from Rob underscore the underscore dad. So Rob's a dad. (laughs) So Rob the dad has a question. He said... um, Nice and literal. Yeah. I'm guessing he's a father. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I think you've guessed correctly. And I like that his name is simple. These crazy names drive me crazy on this podcast. But do you think that with these recent events... It will create a knee-jerk reaction that will cause early stoppages in the next few MMA events. And what Rob is referring to, Michael, I don't know if you heard this, but two boxers just recently died very close um, in boxing last um, last week. Um, let's see who it was. It was um, Maxim Dadashev from Russia after his yeah. bout. He succumbed mm. to his injuries, which were from head trauma, even though the fight was stopped, which was so unfortunate. And mm. then junior welterweight um, Juego Alfredo San- Santillan died last Thursday yeah. from his injuries. And these were close and back-to-back. So Rob wants to know, do you think that even though this is boxing, will it affect MMA refing? 100% no. I would say that a lot of people put a lot of store by the fact that mixed martial arts is a little bit more forgiving than boxing in that you'll get knocked out, spark, clean out, and be given a standing eight count or being given a count Mm -hmm. and then get your your faculties back together and then being pushed straight out there. In MMA, that ain't happening. Hence the reason why, you know, it makes me think that whilst it's a tragedy um, that, you know, these events have actually happened in close succession, but you know, so recently, um, that's our one saving grace, I feel, in mixed martial arts, in that, you know, once you're down on the canvas and clearly out, you're not getting up again, even if you want to. Yeah, and it's so funny you say that because I, you know, I'm always going to the Twitter family for conversation and, and great debates, and I put that up there on my page. I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think is worse, MMA or something like that, MMA or boxing? And clearly, overwhelmingly, everyone was like, gee, it's boxing. And that, in, in yeah. the, everyone was saying it's the 10 count because in M- it was just what you said. In MMA, the fight's over. In boxing, you can shake it off, but you're still concussed, which means brain trauma. You, exactly. You know what I mean? So, and then you can do that a mm. few times. You know, you know what I'm saying? And then from um, I was watching ESPN and they had mentioned, too, that sometimes you don't even know they have brain trauma. Like, like, for instance, they didn't know to stop the fight sooner because he was just too damn tough for his own good. But they didn't know. That's right. So yeah. it's, it's like boxing seems to be a lot more dangerous than MMA. But I agree with you. I don't think it's going to affect MMA judging because it's like, excuse me, MMA refing because it's already safer, you know. And as we can see, the, the refs really, you know, we've got some early stoppages going on in the UFC. So they're really on there it. There you go. Yeah. Mm. We just saw that with Aspen Ladd. You thought it was good. Herb Dean, um, you thought you agreed with Herb Dean. I didn't. But now with incidents like this, I can appreciate Herb Dean. Do you know there what I mean? There you go. So yeah. Now I eat crow. 
so. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Wocast. Make sure you head over to wotv.com and check out our merchandise. Get your hoodies, get your caps, get your baby bibs, whatever floats your boat. We have every and anything that you can conceivably wear at wotv.com under merch until next time make some trouble i always will see you later michael